Hello and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. On today's episode, we resorted to something we only do when there's an emergency. Someone's sick, a vacation is impending, just a problem has arisen. We call it drive through diving. John has a special formula he uses to search for weird stuff on old drive through RPG, and then we deal with whatever the results turned out to be. This time, they're Heroic Visions, a superhero game in its fourth printing that has a lot of uh, uh, stuff going on. Stuff, all right. We'll get into it and all that stuff on the other side of the music on today's System Mastery. Welcome back to System Mastery, unless it's your first System Mastery, in which case, welcome to System Mastery. Welcome to it. I'm Jeff, and that's John right over there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of energy. We're feeling positive. We got some high, st- some uh, some pep in our steps. I I know that normally, yeah, when we do this show, yeah, yeah, when we do the show, we like to start out with a little bit of banter. Well, we like to ease into the thing because if we start with the dry tactical stuff. You know, we like we like to have a little bit of personal stuff so that all of you can form parasocial relationships with us. Yeah. That's yeah. what we want. And so when you meet me in, in public, you can say things like, oh, you had a hot voice. You can be like, can oh, be like, well, you're the cum man. <laughs> that was my first Gen Con with someone saying, oh, my God, it's you're from System Mastery. Oh, you had a hot voice. And I'm like, great. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that lasted two seconds for you, and that will last me the rest of my career and life. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you for saying that. I'll lie awake at night. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> But I got to say, I feel like we almost need to have no banter at the start of this, because the book that I have picked this time, that I did not realize at the time, is... So Jimmy Jam packed full of nonsense mm, yeah. that I'm like, yeah. there is, there's no amount of like note taking I could have done that would prepare me for this. This is one of those books where if you took notes, the book, the episode would end up dry, which happens from time to time. If you take too many notes, then you're just going down the line and reciting them. Like when we did those things I hate about D and D episodes a while back. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want that to happen. So here we're going to go organically jumping about from thing to thing as we kind of remember them. Um, this is, it's self-published. It's, it's not from a major uh, developer. I'll say this. Go ahead. Uh, the, I mean, the one that we have says copyright 2021 Mm -hmm. and fourth printing. Yes. Fourth edition printed. When I did my initial search. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for the oldest uploaded to drive through RPG. Yeah, part of your special blend of search results. Yeah, a lot of different little bits go into finding mm-hmm. some weird crap. And yeah. that's how I found this. So this was originally uploaded in 2012. Now, it could be older than that. That's just when it was uploaded. Yes. So at least over 10 years old is this, and at least four printings. Mm-hmm. What in between each of these printings was done, I cannot tell you. We don't know. It might just be printings, as in like they just printed it again. Because yeah, it's and not definitely not anything. for ed- edits of this, because nothing in this has ever been edited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a rare deep dive for us. Usually we tend to avoid these kinds of things just because we don't want to come off as as uh, being mean to entrepreneurs kind of deal. Well, this definitely, I'm, I'm going to say this, I had a straight up, like, breakdown <laughs> crisis of faith while reading this as I went into the kitchen and started going like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, this yeah. is like I found someone's diary and I'm going to review it. <laughs> like, this entire book reads like someone's notes for a game that they run themselves yes. that is just for personal use. Yes. Because the whole thing is very clearly just done in word. Uh-huh. There's no, you know, and you don't need that. Like, I'm not a person that's going to fault you for that. The readability of this being just a word document essentially is great. As far as PDFs go, word is honestly preferable because I don't have to keep scrolling back up because you did three column format like your Steve Jackson games or some shit. Oh yeah. So and it's nice and simple to read. I don't need you to have like, Ooh, every page has a special like watermark in the background and yeah. all of this interesting art and whatever. I'm like, no, it's fine. I can just read a text. Yeah. I'm not going to review a game in- unless it's like an old established one by a big company. I'm not going to review a game based on its layout. I understand this was written in word. Like, they didn't even open up, like, you know, your, your Quark Express or, or, or equivalent, some Adobe in, in design. This is Word. Oh, yeah. And it has such a feel of, like, oh, I shouldn't be looking at this. This looks like I accidentally found someone's, like, Google Drive. Oh, honestly, if it wasn't for all the poser art, this would look exactly like that D10 Rifts conversion. That, exactly. That your, our friends made a couple of years back. Yeah. And that's not a thing. That I'm like, oh, you shouldn't review that because that's just some horse shit we did for fun. That was ours. Yes. But. We didn't sell it. This was put on DriveThruRPG. It's on Amazon. There are multiple places. So it's not like, oh, someone uploaded it for them and, you know, they didn't know. No, you're trying to make money off of this and it needs work. <laughs> To be as nice as possible. Yes. Um, I mentioned earlier there's a lot of stuff. I didn't want to say too much about what the various like elements that make up what this game is in, before the break, but let's go ahead and go through them real quick here. It is a, uh, I want to say, Afrocentric, yep. uh, Christian, or at least strongly Christian overtoned alien superhero game based on a poser art webcomic. Yes. So... That's a lot. That's a lot of things. The... The maker of the comic also made this RPG, mm-hmm. uh, and it is very clear for when you're reading it that you're like, oh, well, a lot of stuff in here that is a little weird is definitely like, oh, well, this comes from the comic itself. You're it's like, a webcomic thing, yeah. Oh, this power in spe- specifically is like, oh, you'd read it and go... That's a weird use for this power. And you're like, oh, it's because one character has this. Yeah. And so it works specifically the way it works for them. Oh, it's very similar to, uh, for example, when we reviewed the Kevin and Kel RPG, or if you go really far back in the archives, Tomorrow Nights. Yeah. Which was based on a Marvel comic, of all things. No one's ever heard of it. Uh, but you get all these things that are like, why would you have this? Why would robot samurai with devil horns that can see the future be one of the classes? Oh, that's just one of the characters in the comic. That's, that's yeah. why. 
So that's from tomorrow night. It's not from this. Yes. <laughs> Although, I mean, I wouldn't put it past this. <laughs> I don't think he would be willing to cross streams between devil and samurai. There is, <laughs> there is definitely a bit in here. Demons that, do not follow the code of Bushido. Yeah, there's a part in here about like being a Buddhist or following Bushido as a code that says it's d- it's deeply incompatible with Christianity in all ways. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I don't know that that would actually happen here. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it, the other thing. It also is very clearly, and this is the kind of thing you learn by being you know us for long enough, is that this is just GURPS smushed together with the Ultimate Powers Guide from Marvel Superheroes Role Playing. Yeah, it is. It's just those two things. If you if you have read either of those games, you will see things here that are just sort of half remembered re paraphrases of things from those games that are so specific that it's hard not to notice. Oh yeah. There are definitely a lot of things in this game that you're like, Oh, that's unmistakable that you just took a, the giant list from GURPS and went, Oh, let's put them all together in the same area. Uh, for instance, this game has an advantages and disadvantages system. Yep. They're called advantages and traits for some reason, but yes. Yep. And, Going through, you can immediately tell that basically this was almost entirely taken wholesale from GURPS. Uh Uh-huh. Even has some of the very classic ones like the common sense where it lifts the beginning of that wholesale from GURPS where it's like, if you do something that the GM considers stupid, then they can make an intelligence roll to see if, you know, like, yeah, it's the exact same thing. You just took that. The problem with doing that is this game took that also for the skill system, and if you listened to our previous episode on GURPS, it has 275 skills. This has 250, but does not do the GURPS thing where you have a default (laughs) value. There's no default list. There's no, like, lookup index chart. It just says skills and then starts listing them. And then alphabetically you go through. That is the biggest problem with everything on this is... Giant list of powers, giant list of skills, giant list of advantages and disadvantages. There are never a summary page. There's no index. There's no point where you can go, hey, let me look at the list of this so I don't have to scroll 50 times to get to one skill. Yes, exactly. And uh, I mean, there is sort of one for the power section because it obviously has stolen the powers breakdown and uh, I'm sorry, was inspired by the the powers breakdown random roll tables from uh, ultimate powers guide in Marvel superheroes role playing. And the reason I'm saying that one specifically and not any one of a number of just a vast diaspora of uh, superhero games that have random power generation is because not only are the tables the same, the breakdowns of the tables the same, but also there's a lot of powers that are weirdly very specific to Marvel superheroes role playing that are replicated here. Yeah. Uh, and only, I've never seen them anywhere else but here. And they're almost word for word in almost every case. It's it's interesting. It's like it's sort of a, a, a he this, uh, this guy had been running a campaign for a long time in his own homebrew mashup of GURPS and Marvel superheroes and wrote his own game. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things with this as well is from that Ultimate Powers Guide, uh, the Marvel superheroes thing had the whole like, Roll for what type you are. Yes. And it's almost completely replicated. This also has a body type random roll table. Uh, Now, this is a point by system. Yeah. But there are random roll charts for literally everything, which... Sometimes with no reason why they're there. 
yeah, like for the body type chart and the origin chart and things like that for your hero, you can roll randomly and get, you know, whatever. And there are a lot of sub tables within them. That's going to give you your starting stats in your character. Mm -hmm. It's going to give you your starting hit dice and your height and weight. And then it's also going to give you uh, any initial powers you might have, like just from being from a certain yeah. like race or body type gives you that. So if you're like, oh, I'm from some planet, everyone from this planet has this power. Yeah. Great. You'll get that. Yeah. And then it tells you how many character points you get to, to spend to then... Get the rest of your stuff. I believe they're called base construction points, which makes you think that they're the amount that you can invest in building a base for your super team. <laughs> and then later they'll be called construction points, character points, and build points. Also body construction oh, points. Body construction points as well. But these are all descriptions of the same thing. Yes. And you get the amount of points to make a character based on the body type that you roll. Uh-huh. You'll get a bonus to that based on what your origin is and you will get a little extra if you are using the level system in this which says that it's uh like optional but isn't <laughs> uh, yes yeah the origin type is it says it's optional you don't have to roll on it but it generates an additional amount of character points that is huge usually it'll end up being more or it can as potentially as the, the cast would be more build points than you would get from from just having your base character. You can have things like, oh, my base character starts with 100 build points, and my origin that I randomly chose to roll uh, gave me 360. Yeah. So you you better take that damn origin. Oh, um, I mean, you can also get like, oh, I got my origin, and it gives me an extra you know, 6d10 or 5d10. That's still more points. There's no reason not to do it. There isn't one that takes points oh, no. away. Um, it, again, this is another thing I just... The uh, the body type chart is the ultimate power gu powers guide start roll for what body type you have as a superhero in Marvel. The only difference is they removed a couple of the uh, the ones that would have been too complicated to reformat. Uh, notably, now this one ends with changeling, where the other one had compound down there as well, where you would build a mishmash of different things and be all of them at once. Yeah, so you could be like a cyber fawn, but they've they've removed that. Uh, you can also tell it's it's pretty well copied over from Marvel because there are things that are here from Marvel that I don't think this writer knew what they were. Oh. Notably, Usiform Robot, which is a purpose-built robot that looks like the, the job it was intended to do. Exactly. Um, in this case, his description of what a Usiform Robot is, is that it's a robot that, for example, if it were to be a fire, uh, ro a robot that causes fires, it may carry a gun that causes fires. Yeah, if the player uses fire generation, the robot would be carrying a portable heat gun. Which is not what Usiform that that that's like saying that Heatwave the the Flash villain is a Usiform villain because he has a heat gun. It's it's it would be more be like if this it's a robot that starts fires. It would be a robot that isn't humanoid in the slightest. <laughs> it would be a flamethrower that is yeah. sentient. <laughs> Whatever the most optimal body plan for doing nothing but causing fires, the robot is. That's what Usiform means. Yes, but I I, I just I, I assume he just put it in there because it was in another book. Yeah, but it also has. All of the various, like, alien planet races that exist for the comics. Which so you've got very... things like Rackgarian and Onologian. Anal and, and it's either New Avian or New Avian. 
You're either a new avian or you're a Nuavian. I like new avian, where you probably still got some cool flock of seagulls hair and everything, you know? Yeah. A lot of synth sound with them <laughs> new avians. <laughs> and I- just <laughs> the other weird thing for this is it being a full point by system, but the various body types you can get do not correlate at all points wise no. for what you are getting out of it. Nothing correlates. It feels very much like a lot of these numbers were just made up to have interesting random rolls to make. Like you'll see things like 8d10 times 5 body points added right next to 10d100 is the next one. You're like, did he, is there, is there purpose behind that? Did he really want one that had a roll anywhere between 10 and a, and a thousand and another one that generates anywhere between 40 and 500. Like those are such weird oh, yeah. number blocks. For, for the origin ones, that's especially the case. Yeah, yeah. Here, like for body type, when you're rolling that up, it's like, oh, this is completely random as far as like you get this base stats, and it might be like I'm a normal human, I have twos and everything because a two is a standard human. But then you'd be like, oh, but if I'm in like on on a logian, then. An average onologian citizen has a strength of 11 and an agility of 5 and a personality of 4 and a stamina of 8 and huge ridiculous things. And a normal human would have like a D6 for for their hit dice and an onologian has a 8D10 and onologians have seven different powers that they come with. Now, the difference between them, a normal human gets 145 pa- points, mm-hmm. an onologian gets 35, but 110 is way more than the points you get for all of these stats and powers and hit dice, Yes, which you can't buy hit dice. Yeah, and sometimes they just get more points anyway, because that was just the build he wanted for this one. Uh, it, like, Angel or Demon is a good example of that, where... They get a lot of powers, good starting stats, good starting hit dice, and also 145 build points, just like the humans. Yeah. One of my very favorite weird things in this is, so your stats are strength, agility, personality, appearance, stamina, confidence, intelligence, and presence. Uh Uh-huh. So those are the stats you get. The first thing on the list is abnormal biochemistry, which is just, you aren't a regular like uh you have like silicone yeah you're silicone or copper or cobalt based so you're not a carbon based life form yes and so you know getting things like oh you have a stamina of six or a strength of four and they're like oh yeah you're hardier than a normal like carbon based life form great sure but they also have a presence of six which is the highest of literally anything in the list and i don't know why like copper based life forms are so goddamn like <laughs> p- full of presence and sh- like they can go ahead and talk to you about whatever because they're I don't know made of cobalt they're super gregarious well I mean there are cert- there are uh, earth animals that have copper based blood systems like squid maybe they're super personable yeah if you yeah. ever talk to a squid and they're just like hey man what's up <laughs> dude my man how goes it <laughs> I've never met you, but you are my friend. <laughs> we are friends now. You can borrow my car. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to fuck my sister. <laughs> it's just, 
Weird Choices yeah. is the name of the game in this. Yeah, no, nothing really seems to have any kind of underlying design principle so much more than like, well, the characters are powerful in my webcomic, so they're powerful here. And also, uh, this is a mashup of GURPS and Marvel. Yeah. Um, Which doesn't work well when you're doing GURPS, the ultimate, everything is like levered, leveraged against everything else. Everything has a value. There are points. Everything is very math-driven. Everything gets point by, so you can do literally anything. And then he was like, all right, well, I want the point by and all of the lists from GURPS, but I want the full goofity random horse shit that is Marvel superheroes. Yeah. And so you end up with this where you're like, oh, one character could end up being like, I'm a guy. I have 200 points and nothing. And the other person is like, I'm super Jesus and I have 5,000 hit points. You're like, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's perfectly fine. I mean, that's superheroes for you, though. Sometimes they're just way bigger and more powerful than other ones. But yeah, but usually you don't do that in I a know. point by system. You find another way to make it work in the games where, the, where that happens. Or you don't. You know, we've read a lot of superhero games yeah. where, they, where they don't. Maybe your hero's unlimited. You don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also found it funny while we're talking about the character build types or body types is uh, almost every one of them speaks a bespoke language. Yeah. And most of the languages he just took but the, the name of the species, lopped the end off the name, and stuck ish, Ian, ick. Or nothing to the end of it. So you've got like, I'm a Quatan, so I speak a Quat, or I'm a Centaur. Now, Centaurs aren't aliens from another planet or anything. They're the demi-human half-horse people from Earth. They speak Sentian. Yeah, it's it's weird because you're like, oh, yeah, obviously, you know, if you're a Taclonian from the planet Taclonia and you speak Taclian, that makes perfect sense. Yes. But you can also just be a vegetable as your body type where you're like, yeah, I'm Swamp Thing or whatever. I also speak Vegetablian? Yes. <laughs> Ve Vegetablian. And also if you're... Why? <laughs> yeah, like changelings, which are... Uh, there are planets that are... Changelings are not... A, they're, like they say there are species that are changelings out there, but the descriptor changeling describes a lot of things. It can be people who have that power, people who were born that way, people who are aliens from a species that's like that. Uh, but they all speak changelish. <laughs> yep. If you're a wyvernoid because you've got reptile wings sprouting from your shoulder blades, then baby, you know you speak wyvernish. <laughs> and it says they're habitually found on Saigam. I'm like, well, then have them speak like Saigamese or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Don't have them speak wyvernish. <laughs> Plus, you know, fawns speak fawnese and centaurs speak sentient. And I'm like, I feel like both of those guys should speak ancient Greek, right? <laughs> Like, if they were going to speak something, you just... Or just have it be one language. Yeah, just one it's language. It's like, oh, they they all speak phonies. Yeah. It's just centaurs also speak it. <laughs> it feels very much, and, and this is something you see from time to time in RPGs, uh, more commonly than, than not, to be honest, uh, completionism, where everything speaks a bespoke language because he started writing down bespoke languages, and by God, there's boxes to fill. <laughs> I've got a language line, and so you know I gotta put what language is in there. Like, robots speak, like, three different languages in this. You wouldn't know, because for whatever reason, all the robot body types you can roll tell you to go back down to the items section, like, 160 pages from here. Yep. And look at the robot body types there, which are the same format and layout. The only difference is they have different costs they pay to buy things. Um, and some of them speak binary or robotic or, or, uh, you know, yeah, the difference there me is mechanicus. One of them is going zero, zero, one, one, zero, one, one, zero. And the other one is going beep, boop. Yeah. You got a beepity <laughs> boop and you've got an art, you've got a uh, C3PO. <laughs> uh, most fey English. The, oh my. God, there's so much stuff in here. I just, not that it is 
specifically a problem. Just the breakdown of origins where I'm like, four of these are the exact same thing. Yeah. There's like so many that are just the Fantastic Four, and the Fantastic Four all have one origin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can have something like Industrial Accident where it's like, oh, no, a technological mishap. But you can also have Serendipitous Origin where it was your powers were gained accidentally. Okay. Or strange stuff. You were exposed to strange stuff. And I'm like, what if I'm in a factory and an explosion happens and I'm exposed to a weird radiation? What am I? <laughs> uh, you're whichever one of those gives you the most build points. Oh, well, if an experiment was happening and then that happened, then it's a technical mishap instead of <laughs> a an industrial accident. And some of these are have the the uh, the build options have wild amounts of additional points they can provide you with. Oh yeah, I mean you go from the low end of being like, "Hey, you're gonna roll five d ten. You're probably gonna get just a couple extra points." Yeah, like up to a celestial being which rolls a d one hundred times a d ten, which could be anywhere from one extra point <laughs> to ten thousand. <laughs> To 1,000. 1,000. 1,000 is so many extra points. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great. It is ridiculous. Yeah. They do explain what all of them are, but again, a lot of them are, you know, kind of kind of the same thing. Similar to how it's, it's hard to fully understand the difference between the two stats, confidence and presence. Yes. Like, those feel very much like they're the same stat. Well... Confidence is how much you believe in yourself and your own self-worth, whereas presence is how good you are at, like, making other people believe in your <laughs> self-worth. Except that the only thing that presence does when you're so generating like, I've got presence, I don't have confidence. <laughs> but the problem with that, mechanically, is that the only thing that presence really does in, in terms of generating substats is your will points, which is your inner resolve strength, pool, like pool of inner resolve. Which, if confidence is your actual self-evaluation of yourself, should be the one providing you with how much willpower you have. Yeah, but, but no, will points is confidence and presence. It's your ability to inspire other people is how powerful you are. It, it, it just no. feels like there's eight stats because Phase Rip had nine stats. <laughs> I mean, confidence being a stat is just sort of weird for a general stat in a game, but... Okay, sure. So there's a sentence at the beginning of the stat section that explains that all the stats are logarithmic progression. Yes. It says that, for example, someone with an, an agility of four is twice as agile as a person with an agility of three, and it goes on that way up the list. Uh, they only provide an example of this that makes any sense when they show the lifting chart for how strong people can be. Yeah. I know they say that everything is logarithmic, but that literally only works for strength and carrying capacity. Yes. And, and literally nothing else. And only strength when in discussing carrying capacity. Yeah. In all other respects, every one of them is just a uh, incremental progression like everything else. Yeah, because if I go from three strength to four strength, I go from carrying capacity of 200 pounds to 400 pounds. Yes. Great. My damage, though, for hand-to-hand -hand goes from a D8 to a D10, mm -hmm. so it's not like that was logarithmically progressing. Yeah, and if you're using a strength-based skill, like lifting, then you're not actually checking against your lifting capacity, you're just rolling to see if you can lift something, and you switch from adding plus three to your roll to adding plus four. Yeah, and the same thing with, like, they have a chart for stamina, you have a hit point modification, because after you roll your dice and get however many hit points you are, you multiply that by... Whatever your hit point modification number is based on your stamina score. So if I have a stamina of four, mm -hmm. 
my hit mod is 1.4. Yes. So I take my uh, hit, hit points, whatever I rolled up with my hit dice, mm-hmm. multiply it by 1.4. That's what my actual hit points are. Yes. Now, but that doesn't logarithmically go because the next one is 1.6 and then 1.8. It's just, you know. Incremental. Incremental. Yeah. The uh, stamina is interesting. It gets its own table. One of one of the uh, en- entries, one of the columns is your hit mod, which is a decimal, Yeah, what I was just explaining. Yes, I know. The decimal value you were just explaining. The other is the uh, health mod? Healing mod. Healing mod, which is, again, a decimal value. And that one you're going to multiply other stuff by to determine your current healing rate. And this is an interesting time to bring up the point that this game ends up in decimals a lot, and there isn't a single anywhere in the book, we, we just use the find command, uh, term anywhere to describe how to round anything, or if you should. Yeah. Now, when you're making your hit points, you would think, okay, well, obviously, I, I can't have, like, 4.7 hit points. Nothing does that level of damage. But when you go to healing rate, it talks about like how you do it and you take who you take your weight, the character's weight that you get to determine yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you find out what strength you would need to lift that character. Yes. <laughs> so if you weigh in their example, 140 pounds, it would take strength three to lift 140 pounds. Yes. So you take that strength. You multiply that by your healing mod. Uh-huh. So even a decent character was like, oh, I've got a healing mod of or a stamina of five. Yeah. And no, a normal human is two. And this is supposed to be logarithmic progression. That's right. Gets a point four healing mod. So you're looking at like, oh, I'm gonna get like a one point two healing rate. I heal one point two hit points. Per night of rest. That's correct. (laughs) So I do have to keep track of fractional hit points. Yes, given that the example they show displays someone ending up with a 1.8 It's a 1.2 healing rate is the example. And and they list it as 1.2. They don't round it or anything. No. Yeah. So I have to keep track of fractional hit points, which means having fractional hit points matters. Yeah. Because then if I was like, oh, if I have 0.8 hit points baseline... Then sure, no one. That's not going to matter until it's healing. Because then, if I one point two and I had point eight left, then I heal once, but I get essentially two hit points worth back. Yeah. Or I guess if you were to say I rest for five nights, then sure you'd get six hit points back because you you'd gained another point two each evening. Exactly. Yeah, I'm curious to know if you can survive on a point value of hit points alone. I have like to assume if for- I've got eight point six hit points and someone hits me for eight, I'm like. Bitch, I got 0.6 hit points, so I'm up. <laughs> I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very unusual. You have to calculate a number of substats. Um, you also have power points, which are something that you're going to be using. You're spending to activate some powers, but not all of them. It's very inconsistent which ones require the points and which don't. Uh, for some reason, the abbreviation for power points is PR. Yeah, whenever they <laughs> mention it in the book, they're like, this takes four PR. And I'm like... They're called power points. Why isn't PP? I don't. All right. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. And then will points, which are for a different set of things. I think they show up in when you get like attacked with stamina or magic and mental attacks. Will points are interesting because they're supposed to be the things you use to resist torture and interrogation. There is a power that specifically drains will instead of hit points. But 
they're also in the psychic powers. A lot of them will have your offense or defensive value for trying to do something mm-hmm. based on will, but will isn't a stat. You yeah. have will points. Yeah, because will points have a calculation and none of the value from it is will. It's it's like uh, will, confidence plus presence plus your current level. And level, by the way, is optional, I think. It's, it's listed under an optional section. Yeah. It, I don't think it's optional, but it says it is. It's hard to say. It's interesting. Yeah. But this has... I mean, it also has the same sort of like, it has levels and XP, and the XP is also, honestly, very much looks like it came from a Palladium yes, Games does, XP. It's got that, that value per small thing you do each day. Yeah, where you're like, I'm going to get 25 points for spending time with family members. You're like, yeah. all right, cool, I guess, if you're keeping track of that. Yeah. But yeah, the will point thing is interesting because when it says like, ah, if you try and like use telepathy against someone to read their mind. They defend using will, but it says their will is going to be their defense <laughs> stat. And I'm like, does that mean total will points left? Or do they spend will points to get that defensive value? Mm-hmm. Did, does, there's but, no way to know. There is, And again, I'm trying to be nice to this because this is self-published. Uh, but there are a lot of things in this book that are floating island sentences that exist independently of the paragraph they're contained in or for that matter, any kind of understanding or meaning where you'll, you'll be in the middle of a set of a section about what like lightning powers do. And all of a sudden it'll say, of course, water will receive a bonus against this. Oh, the amount of times this book is like, now your GM will make sure that you get a penalty if this happens. And I'm like, what kind of penalty? Or the same thing with, you'll get a bonus if you do this. What kind of bonus? Yeah. And those at least are like, oh, GM discretion. Okay. But then there are other times Riddle do things like there's a disadvantage in this that your style, your fighting style is easily recognizable. Yes. And there is a skill specifically for recognizing a fighting style. That's correct. You can roll to see if you recognize someone's fighting style and know what style they are using. Uh huh. That's it. That's There's it. that that does it do anything? Does knowing what someone's fighting style is matter? No. I mean, mechanically, I, no one gives a shit. Yeah, like, I guess you could probably come up with a situation where it would be relevant. Like, oh, you know, if you can identify that his fighting style is that of the Sigamite High Imperial Guards or whatever, then yes, you can prove that they were here and they actually pur- purported this evil act. And you can even show it to people on camera and prove, look, that fighting style is officially the fighting style of the Sigamite High Guards. Or, I mean, but that's so convoluted that you'd really want to include it in the book as a reason. The other thing you'd want to include in the book as a reason to explain why both easily detected fighting style and detect fighting style are things that are present here is fighting styles. There are none. Yeah, there are a couple superpowers that are, you have essentially super hand-to-hand ability. Yeah. Like, instead of standard fighting and offensive value, you have a superpower that's hand-to-hand because you have super fighting. Yeah. But martial arts is just one of the skills. It's not like there's 50 of them or anything. So it's... And unlike GURPS, where there is at least somewhat of a difference between brawling and martial arts, there's brawling and martial arts in this, but there is no difference between them. Yeah, yeah, it's very unusual. Also, things like in the levels thing, where it's talking about when you have a level, and so, you know... uh. 
there's a whole paragraph here like adventuring experience plays an important role in the calculation of a character's base OFV and DFV. Combat experience points are relative. What is a major menace to? Yeah, that paragraph just ends. And then there's nothing left. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I, you know, there's been multiple times throughout the book leading to that point where it's obvious that uh, the author did not was not an expert at knowing how to use tables in Word. And so they are constantly interrupting the flow of his text. Like, for example, the body roll table to see what kind of superhero you are. The first three sentences of the first paragraph of abnormal physiology, the first result you can roll on the table, is above the table, and then everything else is below it. Yeah. Because, you know, formatting is a tricky mistress. Um, Look, but, man, tables in Word suck it's, ass. It's I, get it. I, I get it. I'm right there with you. But So you expect, yeah. you're like, oh, that's just going to appear at the bottom of the table. No, it's just over. No, it just disappears. Yeah. There's nothing. It's just gone. Um, which never, so we never get an explanation as to why levels are listed as optional or not, when they are clearly not, because they provide your base OFV and DFV, which you're offensive fighting and defensive fighting fighting values yes um and you get 20 construction points at level one so that's just an extra 20 points you'd have i mean probably that's the only time he's ever calls them construction points they, they have previously been called a variety of other things so i don't know if construction points are the build points used to build your character or of not. course they are everything's so. build points <laughs> so then we get into the advantages and traits section uh very what? clear about taking this from gurps as well because yeah. you have stuff in here that's like ah this will get you a minus 10 on reaction rolls. My brother in Christ, reaction rolls are not a mechanic in this game. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Plus, like I mentioned earlier, no fine manipulators is in there, which is a phrase I had never seen until I read GURPS like two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's pretty clearly a very similar or... Yeah, you can get yeah. lightning calculator for some reason. Yeah, eidetic memory, not photographic memory. They're, they're different. Um, so it's got a lot of the same foibles GURPS does. Uh, they changed the name disadvantages to traits, uh, and a lot of the trait or, or I mean, okay, well, both of these are very much what you normally expect to see in a uh, low budget superhero role playing game, which is that a lot of the traits are I have a code of a superhero. Yeah. So there's like I won't harm innocents. I will try not to kill villains. I will try not to kill innocents. I have no compunction about killing. I have uh, a, a warrior's code, a superhero's code, a knight's code, a monk's code. And you, you can take all of these and just pile them all up and be like, well, I'm Johnny Superman and I don't kill. And I got 165 extra points. Yep. Where the the uh, advantages you find yourself avoiding because you're like, well, I could raise my strength by one point for five of my build points and switch, being, uh, switch from being able to lift 10 tons to 20 tons or... I could change the color of my eyes with a rounds effort. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are also some weird advantages in here that feel like they should just be superpowers. Just, like, yeah, yeah. you know, the speak with animal or speak with plants is just an advantage you can have. Immortality is both an advantage and a superpower. <laughs> is it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't see it, but all right. Under, under what? Are you under power? Oh, life support immortality. Yeah, yes. See? There you go. <laughs> I only know that because my bonus content character, by the way, patreon.com slash system mastery. This is one where you're going to want to just give us the two bucks. You can cancel afterward if you have to, but explaining all of this is impossible and you're going to need to see it happen for yourself. Yeah. System mastery.com. I'm sorry. Patreon.com slash system mastery. Come find us and we're going to make characters. Um, one of my favorite things in the disadvantage thing, the traits, uh, the traits is the the ones that i mean obviously the ones that don't do anything like reaction rolls when reaction rolls aren't a thing in this game great but some that 
just give you 10 points for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, attracted to X. You're attracted to a person, an object, a food, a sport, activity. You will do the activity or meet the person at least once every other adventure. You will become slightly peeved if the object of the his affection is threatened or destroyed. 10 points. <laughs> yeah. You get 10 points for that. Does your character enjoy anything? 10 points. <laughs> uh, my favorite one of the uh, in this section is an advantage that is clearly a disadvantage, which is transformation. Uh-huh. Uh, transformation is you have the majority of your powers are located in an alter ego you have. You can't use them unless you're in your alter ego format. Uh, you have to undergo a definite physical change. You seem particularly normal until you do it. You need to have two sets of attributes, and it takes a turn to switch from one to the other, and it costs you 30 points in in order to have this obvious hindrance. It is just a hindrance. It, it has no positive benefits. It's so weird because there are several times in this transformation being one of them the power that lets you make duplicates being another Mm -hmm. where in any other supers game or rpg that had these abilities or advantages or whatever this would be a full ass page of stuff that's like oh you say i have uh another form that has its own set of attributes do i make a new character for that is it Based, do I pay my own build points from this character for that character? Do I get a whole different set of build points? You haven't explained anything. Same thing with the duplicates. They're like, you can make a duplicate. Yeah. And then no explanation. I'm like, do they share hit points? Do they share powers? Can my duplicates make duplicates? Yeah. Is there anything here I should know? Not no. My it, man, the, the, the only thing you need to know is you cannot rejoin with dead duplicates. It doesn't say why you would want to. Like if they if they die and it doesn't hurt you because they don't hurt you when they die. They don't take a portion of your life essence and split off or anything. You can just create a number of duplicates equal to your order in the in the uh, duplication power, and we'll explain order in a second. Um, and then they run around and are independent, and and they have the same powers you do, and then you can reabsorb with them later. Not with dead ones, though. And it doesn't explain why you would have wanted to. Like, it do, you, do you get their say, memories? It doesn't say. It also doesn't say, like, oh, if one dies, then that no longer counts against the number you can make. Like, if I yeah. can make four duplicates and one dies, can I now only make three duplicates? No, you just can't absorb that one. There's a corpse of you Well, yeah, I can't around. absorb him, but that, does that mean that one counts as being in place? No. So now I can only make three duplicates? No, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm saying, according to the book, no, you just can't absorb that one. That's the only thing the book says on the matter of duplication. You can't absorb dead ones. Yeah. The um, the amount of please please explain things to me in well, this like we were saying earlier this really feels like this guide um, has been has been uh, running this game for one group for years oh yeah because the thing is I need to know this because I'm reading this independently whereas in their game he would just go oh this is how it works and yeah. I just tell you yeah this very has that feel of like I don't need to explain this all five of us who have ever played this game or ever will know that they just ask me and I explain it to them. Yeah. They, they looked at it in the book and said, hey, what does this mean? And I told them and then never went back and changed it in the book, even though someone has explained to me that it doesn't make sense. Even though it's on its fourth printing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of those. And again, it's really easy to stack. This is a game where you definitely can stack disadvantages to the heavens and just get a million extra build points, which you'll probably need because there are 260 skills or 50. I forget. 250, but... Some of those, or, you know, a fairly decent amount of them are also like, oh, when you take this skill, you have to pick 
a specific subsection of whatever that it works for. Yeah. So things like comparative religion is not, you can compare religions. Comparative religion is pick a religion. You can, you know, the differences between things within that religion. Yeah. So if you pick Christianity, you're like, ah, good. I know the difference between Lutherans and Catholics. Awesome. One of them knows how to party. (laughs) And we're not going to tell you which. (laughs) We don't need to. One of them has hot dish and the other one has Lent. (laughs) (laughs) One of them said fish isn't meat because they're weak. Yeah. And then they went on to be like, oh, also beavers count as fish. (laughs) We are absolutely weak of will and stamina. We see you Catholics. You fool no one. But yeah, uh, the uh, the other thing about skills, you you have picked up, if you're reading this book page to page like we are, by this point, by the time you make it down to skills, you have kind of picked up the Christian undertones and overtones throughout the book. Notably, for example, like Angels and Demons, which is a class or, or a body type you can roll, says that they either have to be dedicated to Jesus or to the God of the world they're from. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's a couple other... also. I'll say this, all of his alien species and worlds and, and the people's names of all the NPCs and so on that are throughout the book feel like where most people pick up their fantasy gibberish name crafting from the internet or like Margaret Weiss novels or something. Oh yeah, most people are like, oh, I did fantasy names and I went to Tolkien for it. Exactly, so you end up with like Kuldakar and Zathrodak and that kind of thing. You know, you know, fantasy names. This guy very much seems to have been steeped entirely in the crucible of Sunday school. So all of his names are things like Abishem and Gabrielo. And, 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 I mean, the base comics for this are Zephaniah comics. Yes. So it is. it has a very begat sense exactly. to it. Exactly. It feels very much like he just opened up numbers in the Bible and went to that section on the, uh, uh, of the census. Go to the like, begats. I got all like, these. All right, cool. Yeah. All the names I would ever need. Yeah. Why well, I'll just change the last letter on some of them. So Gideon is now Gideoni. <laughs> is now is... Giddy Up. <laughs> Chocolate Gideon. <laughs> oh my God, I gotta change my character name. Hold on. <laughs> oh. uh, okay, so, so, but once you get to skills, the Christian overtones start to come on real strong. Right about the point where you hit, and you're, you're in your way into the seas, you're hundreds of pages in because there are so many skills, <laughs> and you find Christian living as a skill? Yeah. You have... A skill that is, you have not only studied the Bible, but she is also putting its principles into practice on a daily basis. But what does it do? When would I roll Christian living, is my question. At what point does a character need to do that? Because you would think, is this, there's already rules for resisting temptation Uh and intimidation and things like that. So, what, when... (laughs) How? Okay, so you'd roll Christian living if, and only if, this is very specific, if your brother-in-law Christian has recently realized that Christmas is too materialistic, and in a brief fit of not wanting to be at his way too over-the-top party, gone to hide in his SUV, until you, dashing hero, Kirk Cameron, go out to the car to convince him that actually Jesus wants you to buy lots of presents and a bigger dinner table. You see... All of those presents is like the skyline of a new Jerusalem. <laughs> wow, Santa was a badass. Fuck my ass. <laughs> it's for that and nothing else. <laughs> and if you uh, if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, 
Well, you have to go way back into Movie Mastery and find the Saving Christmas episode. Look, if you haven't listened to it, find Saving Christmas, the Movie Mastery episode, our movie podcast. It's great. <laughs> but I can't I can't think of any other reason. It's just there because I, I'm assuming that the author of this, Mr. Cousins, uh, practices... Counsel. Mr. Counsel, excuse me, practices... Uh, Christian living and thinks yeah. it's a very important tenet to to the skills he considers important to life. And so there it is, even though gameplay wise, you, you don't know why it's in here. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm fine with like, oh, you wanted to make a Christian based game. That's fine. Sure. Absolutely. It, there is prayer is a skill. Yeah. And you get PowerPoints back twice as fast while praying. However, however, you must successfully pray. In order for that to happen, you have to roll your prayer skill and succeed, which means there's a wrong way to pray. And that feel as someone from a Christian background, that feels weird. Well, we're like, ah, I got down on my knees and began to pray to God. However, I did not do it correctly. I mean, okay. As someone with five ranks in comparative religion Christianity, I can tell you that's because you don't have a Christian background. You have a Lutheran background. <laughs> that's Christian. <laughs> yeah, but it's the specific type of Christian where they were like nailing shit to the walls or to the doors about how they get to pray wherever they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, if you if I said I had a Catholic background, you would say, no, you had a Protestant background. Because <laughs> I have comparative religion. <laughs> <laughs> but um i mean but yeah you can fail at praying and also i i would say the prayer skill is very much pulled directly from like a pamphlet about what christianity is by a christian person where it's like what is prayer prayer is a dialogue between you and god it, it, prayer can move mountains you're like oh no i feel like i'm reading a little pamphlet that was left on my doorstop <laughs> and of course right below prayer you also get proselytism bonus for the ability to influence another person's beliefs or ideals through preaching to them. Yeah. It's, it is the skill of converting religious beliefs and moral standards. Okay. You have seven other different speaking things. Could I not use debate for this? Could I not use public speaking? No, no, I think uh, my guess, and uh, I don't know if I'm right about this. I'm probably not is that there is a list of Christian tenets somewhere, and he just put them all in there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But, I mean, you also have, like, a skill of dogma, which is different from comparative religion. Yes. So you need to know about the beliefs of a specific religion instead of the beliefs of many different sects of the same religion. It's not compare and contrast. You don't have to find the differences between these two sects of Christianity. But it's you'd think, oh, if I have comparative religion, I would know the dogma of the different sects within this religion. Cause mm-hmm. if I picked a dogma, say Christianity, or is that too sp- non-specific? Would I have to choose like dogma Anabaptist? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, of the 250 odd skills. Not that there's like, I don't know, maybe 15 of them that are deeply. No. And the, the big problem I have is not the Christian ones so no. much as things like they don't make sense. Electrical engineer. You can diagnose and locate electrical problems. Well, that's nice. There's also the skill electronic diagnosis for determining what's wrong with a defective piece of electronic equipment. My dude, (laughs) you already have that. Those are the same skill, friend. There's electrical engineer, the skill I mentioned, 
and electronic engineering are two different skills. Electronic surveillance, electronic technics, electronic warfare, mm-hmm. electro- electronic countermeasures, all different skills. All different. All new, all different. This, I have to imagine that this guy either was or knew an electrician, and he was like, let me tell you, it's not one skill. You gotta know a lot. <laughs> but you can't just learn a- electronics that's not a skill. You got to learn a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, <laughs> I think one of my favorites is a bit of a religious skill, and that's fasting. Um, fasting is an example. All the skills work by you buy ranks in them, and then you add five times the number of ranks you bought in them to a roll you make. Rolls in this game, you they're all open ended. You roll a d one hundred. You add uh, uh, you add the values that you're told to. Usually your level, uh, relevant statistic five times the rank in the skill you purchased, and you're comparing, usually the target difficulty for success is to roll above 75. Or 100. Or 100. Uh, and then there are things that are, negative penalties are applied by situational modifiers and so on. So when you look at a skill, it will tell you uh, the rank cost, which is almost always three. Some of them are two. Um, and then also what stat you are going to be adding as your modifier to it. Uh, so most of them just say like knowledge, intelligence. You add your intelligence modifier to this. Or so your intelligence you, as a modifier. Yeah, so it would be all right, take your intelligence and ranks in this, Mm -hmm. take that whole number, multiply by five, then add the roll of a D100. Yes. See if you got over 100 or 75 for some specific skills. Yes. So some of the skills use the average of two. Um, So they'll say things like, oh, it's an average of intelligence and confidence for for a skill that might be, I I don't know, like uh, con games or something. Uh, Some of them forget to put the average notation in, like diplomacy, which is, uh, instead of saying the average of your personality and confidence, is just both of them. So you could just, I guess you just add both. It's the only skill that works that way, so I'm going to say it's probably a mistake. Probably. Um, meanwhile, fasting, which is the religious practice of avoiding food for, for religious reasons, which in this game can be used to give yourself a bonus to your number of will points for a while if you successfully fast. Um, but also, also works to cleanse the body of toxic waste buildup. A person that believes in juice cleanses, essentially. Yeah, also, yeah, this guy's going through a lot of cayenne and lemon juice. Yeah, but... Um, more more relevantly, it, fasting's two skills are... Uh, help me out, John. I know you're looking at them. Personality and agility. Thank you. Personality and agility, uh, and, meaning that you have to be good at talking yourself out of eating. And if you can't do that, then at least you can dodge the food as it rapidly approaches your mouth, I guess. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta talk yourself up. Because it's not confidence. It's not that you already have the confidence not yes, to. Yes, it's personality. You, it's personality. So you have to give the pep talk out loud. Yeah. You have then, to be like... Buddy, you can do this. You don't gotta eat that. When you when you think about all the great men of history, Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> Julius Caesar, you picture them in your mind, and you know what they're doing? Not eating a hamburger. And you cannot do that too. And if you can't do that, then you can at least actualize a couple of backflips to get away from that pizza. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just... go to put a burger in my mouth and I just dodge my head real quick. Matrix dodged that that French fry. But like you'd think it'd be, you know, confidence and stamina, right? You'd think. Right? I mean, just if anything, or it just probably shouldn't be a skill because... Also, <laughs> normally skills are three points per rank. Yes. Some are two. Yes. Fasting is four. Oh, shoot. I got to change my it's character. More expensive to fast. I believe that's because like body development, which is a skill you can take to just buy extra hit points, which costs five per rank you purchase of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one provides you with an actual in-game tangible number change. Those tend to provide a different... because. Fasting's whole point is you can do it to get a couple extra will points that last a couple of days. Uh-huh. So that 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 could explain why that is. I do also like that there is 
there's at least one or two things in here that instead of being the average of two, it's like three stats divided by three. Yes. Which you could end up with not a whole number. Yes, that is true. And again, no rounding. So am I like, oh, so I, I take that and multiply it by five and just hope that the times five gets me an, an extra, extra point. <laughs> which it will. <laughs> as long as it's higher than point two, it'll get you at least one, or point two or higher, it'll get you at least one extra point. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Then we come to powers. Um, if you've ever read the Ultimate Powers Guide for Marvel Superheroes Roleplaying, here they are. Here's all of them. They've, uh, but they're only kind of half remembered. Is seems to be the problem because a lot of them have like floating sentences that change the meaning of the entire power without explaining why they did that. Yeah, there's, there's also. You got to talk about ranks and orders. Well, first I want to say, because this very clearly just took all of the things from the Marvel Supers Ultimate Powers Guide. I was making a character for the bonus content at patreon.com slash system mastery. Mm, $2 level. And I had what a deal to remake my character mm-hmm. because initially I had rolled up a character whose only powers were poison resistance and the ability to charge batteries. <laughs> and that's not a superhero. <laughs> I mean, it could be one of the background X-Men. No, that's 100% someone that's like, an example to other people to go, you know, not all mutants are X-Men. Yeah. Some of us have to deal with other things. And you're like, oh, what's your mutant power? I'm basically the Energizer Bunny. And also, I can eat spoiled food. I live at the fucking Xavier Mansion and recharge all their phones. <laughs> they call me Charging Station. <laughs> they call me USB-C. It's fucked up. My name's Charles. Fuck you. I want. I mean, that's why too, because they couldn't call me Charles because I'm fucking Xavier. No, so. I gotta be USB C. The C stands for Charles. <laughs> I wanted to be Lightning because of the Lightning cable for the iPhones, but no, but no, it's an Android University. <laughs> it just—it's one of those things where, also having this random. You have these random tables, so you can roll a D100 to get a category, and then go into that category, roll another D100 to get a power from that category. Yes. Exactly the way it works in the Marvel superheroes. Exactly. However, this is a point by game. Yes, and it doesn't tell you... It's like, I, the, the random roll thing table is just there for, I guess, if you felt like... It doesn't even say, not even a sentence at the beginning, it's like, hey, this is a point by game. You could buy any power you want. But, you know, if you feel like rolling randomly, here's a ro- here's a random roll table. It instead is merely presented without comment as the top of the power section. Yeah. Powers has a no poser art picture. says yeah. chapter four, powers. Next page, the table begins. Yes. And it will explain in nothing. And the moment the table ends, the power list begins. And that's the entire chapter. So there's no section that's explaining. Like, every power has... A cost section that's broken down by two poten- two things you have to buy in both power, uh, rank and order. You'd think a quick starting introductory paragraph at the start of this, huh, of this like just section, going, "Hey man, what's rank? What's order? What what do these two things do?" Mm-mm, no sir, not. I mean, they they couldn't do that because not only would it take an extra paragraph in the book, but also it wouldn't cover the fact that rank and order means something different for almost <laughs> for a ton of powers in different ways. Oh yeah. Now normally. A base level understanding of rank and order for a power. Yes. You can buy your rank up, and that's going to work like 
a skill would. Yes. So if I need to roll to use a power, my rank in it is going to determine the bonus I get to a D100 roll. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. The order is going to determine the raw power of it. So there is a chart that appears, not in the power section, but in the combat section for how much damage you do based on order or how fast you move based on order. Yes. So if I've got the ability to shoot fire and I want to know how much damage I do, I have a number of damage equal to order on the order damage chart. Yes. It also determines usually range will be order for range and how far it can go. There are three different columns for range so you can have range one two or three yep just like there is for speed uh which is odd given that there's a one two or three but at least for one of them it mentions range table four which doesn't exist that's probably just missing it's probably wherever the back half of that that uh level explanation paragraph went um (laughs) yeah it's it's sitting in the twilight zone of other things and you you eventually suss this out as you're reading your way through the combat section like oh okay that's what rank and order do i'm kind of up to speed but then a lot of the powers they just do other things instead like that as well instead like for example gateway the power which is the ability to like uh i forget the name of the character the the bridge no bridge is the the npc in here i was trying to remember the name of the aboriginal shaman character from the x-men that can open gateways i think his name might just be gateway Uh, maybe um but uh, but his whole deal is he can open doors to places. In this case, rank control, each rank you take gives you two places you can open a door to, and each order you take increases the weight limit of the bridge you create for other people to walk through it before it breaks. Yes. So instead of doing the things they normally do, they do new things. Yeah, the and there are some powers that will essentially not care about rank or not care about order because they're like oh this is a power that doesn't have a role that you would make for it Mm -hmm. so like you know immortality you're never rolling immortality i don't need rank now it doesn't say i can have it at rank zero i assume i can if i just don't spend any points on it yeah and the only reason you get order is because for every order of immortality you get, you also get regeneration at that order level. Yes. So you get two powers for the price of one. Mm-hmm. And that's neat, I guess. But I could also just buy regeneration for cheaper than immortality and go, oh, I'll buy immortality at one rank. Yeah. That gives me a rank or order one regeneration, and then I'll just buy orders of regeneration beyond that. Which is cheaper than the immortality order cost. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it also, it does do the thing that this is more kind of GURP, or not GURPS, uh, uh, Marvel superheroes role-playing stuff in here, including the ability to, like, whack together two powers to make one power. Because that was a big thing of Mar- in the Marvel game, was to be like, oh, I have missile generation, so my character can kind of just throw a dart. As, as an ability and baseline it doesn't really do you know you just throw a dart you have like at best archangels wing spikes which i don't think are poisoned or anything i think nope. they're just metal just blades just blades so that's that's but if you were like well i i kind of wanted to build a gambit then you know you go oh, okay well I'll, I'll add kinetic energy charging and mash those two powers together and now i can throw stuff and when it hits things it makes them blow up yeah or the thing blows up whatever um so that's here you can do that uh it's a little more clunkily done but it's here 
And by the same token, so is the where does this laser come from chart? Yeah. Where, where you can have like, oh, um, my character uh, fires all of his la- lasers from like his nose or his antenna. And the weird one is that, uh, well, we'll say things like if you don't have wings, then this, th- then it, and you roll wings, then roll again. With the exception of tail, which I think tail, it, it just says like it comes out of your tail. So I guess if you roll that one, a tail is provided. <laughs> tail, well, you know, your tailbone. <laughs> I mean, the the weapon generation power for me, the one where you smash, oh, I make a weapon and now I can make it with a power. Yeah. Is, it's unfathomable to me why anyone would do it because the whole idea is like, oh, you have weapon generation so you can make a melee weapon out of nothing. Yes. And the rank would be how good you can hit with it so add that to your offense, and the order would be how much damage it deals. Sure. But they're like, ooh, what if you want a fire sword? Then you have to pay the full value for both powers. Uh-huh. So the level one fire and level one weapon generation yep. for both rank and order gets you a rank one, order one fire sword. Does having a fire sword do more damage than a rank one non-fire sword? No, but you certainly did have to pay an extra 12 points for it. Oh, and if you would like to rank it up, then you simply t- choose either wh- whichever one is more expensive for both rank and order independently. And plus one per power that is included in it. So yeah. you're like, oh, my fire sword, the most expensive one is fire generation because that's five points per rank or order rather than four for weapon generation. Mm-hmm. But it's technically six because it's part of weapon generation, which means. For way more points, I can be like, I have a fire sword, and I spend a shitload of points, and it does the exact same amount of damage per order that a fire generation would do. So I could just buy, you know, five ranks of fire generation and five orders of fire generation, or I can spend an extra, like, 30 points, and now it's only a sword and I can't shoot fire anymore. It doesn't have range. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird. Um, it, it feels like, I don't know, like not all the way thought out. Like the whole point with the, with the way it worked in the Marvel game was like, yeah, that's because it's attempting to replicate the more complicated powers that you see in the Marvel universe. Like, otherwise almost everybody is throwing some kind of missile or something. Uh, like that means that you have to be able to make the same power that handles both Cyclops and Gambit and, uh, it, you know, Iron Man and so on. They all shoot beams or blasts or bolts or, or missiles or something, but all of them have different effects when they hit. Yeah. But in this case, it's just like, oh, you can make a sword that sucks. Yeah. Cause it's not like, oh, you have fire generation. And now you have a fire sword. I'm like, okay, did fire generation give me anything on this? It, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't alter the power beyond. It doesn't even uh, have like fire generation doesn't say it can set flammable things on fire. It's literally just, your rank is how much bonus you get to hit. Your order is how much damage it does. That's it. And it has a range category of two, whereas now you have a melee range sword. Yeah. I mean, I think the only reason you would potentially do this is because uh, if, you're, if you're like really good at melee, like you know, invest heavily in melee fighting, then you could build, you could build up your offensive value uh, numbers so you roll really well. But even then, like, you'd be better off just investing heavily in weapon generation and not adding fire to it. Exactly. I'm like, I'm not doing more damage or anything by having fire on this. It's just costing me more to have 
my sword be on fire. Yeah. Uh, then there's the combat section, which, much like the character creation section, gets lost in the weeds, like, immediately. Like, the character creation section at the very beginning is like, okay, here's what you'll need to create a character. Uh, you know, some dice and pencils, and and uh, and then it goes right into team base construction. <laughs> It's like, well, where should your team be located? What should the ideals of your team be? What are the responsibilities of your team? And I'm like, I feel like you should design the character before you design the team, right? Like, like I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Oh, don't worry. We'll never get to these same questions, but they apply to character. It's also everything that we've done so far. We're like, oh, you take this number, you add it uh, to a D100 roll, and you're trying to get over 75, 75. or 100. And the defense works by... whereas. They- perception roll is 45 plus your per times five. Uh-huh. So I guess your personality times five. That's correct. Cause personality is the only one that has that abbreviation and you're trying to roll under. Yes. The only time in this book where you are rolling under and for no reason. Yeah. So there are a couple things about combat. Uh, like John just mentioned, you're rolling, you add all your stat values to a D100 roll, try to beat 75. That sounds like it should be super easy, but that's because defense in this game is is the other person who's trying to get hit, rolls all a, a D100, adds all their defensive values, and subtracts it from whatever your offensive roll was. And if it's still over 75, then you hit them. Yes. Um, initiative in this game, I forget how you calculated it. I just know that it's got something to do with that perception roll. So initiative is your agility plus your level plus a D10. It oh, okay. has nothing to do with perception. Okay. Uh, if you have an agility of over fifth, or sorry, initiative of over fifteen, then you get more than one action in the round. Yeah, every fifteen initiative is another action. Yeah, um, and there you have it. That's more or less all you need to know about combat. It is technically a grid-based system, or sorry, a hex-based grid system. There are a number of occasional nods to interactions with the grid that make it sound like it's going to be way more crunchy than it appears to actually be capable of being. For example, one of the skills you can take is reverse strike. Which is, like, you know how when you're playing Soul Calibur and Yoshimitsu can, like, turn around and stab behind him and get you? It's that. It's it's that as a power. Like, you, you get a, bon- a, a power, a new kind of skill roll, attack roll you can make to attack people who are immediately behind you, provided you have the right kind of weapon to do that with. This suggests that the game has a lot of facing mechanics. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're like, we're using hex instead of squares. Uh-huh. So obviously, the actual way that you are facing is much more important. We want that to be more granular. Mm-hmm. There's no rules for that. I couldn't find anything for facing in here. Yeah. I mean, there's turn rate. You can get your turn rate in here so you know how quickly you can turn, say, while flying, Mm -hmm. that's in there. But the way you are looking doesn't particularly matter. I found it interesting that the slowest possible order of measurable speed in the game, someone who has, like, the lowest possible speed, uh, like a human, average human, can run about 15 miles an hour for short bursts. Um, They convert this to inches for the purposes of using a grid for the game, for the engine, or a hex uh, map for uh, for, for combat, if you would like to. But it converts kind of high, like, that 15 miles an hour translates into 27 inches of on-table movement, which I know doesn't sound like much, but, you know, look at your table at home and imagine that you're the slowest possible character you can build, and you can walk two-thirds of the way across your kitchen table every turn. Yeah, now, if you, don't, if you don't have any powers, your base run speed is six inches of movement. Okay, that's that's more reasonable. Yes. Um, and, yeah. That is just, I'm a regular human, I don't have a power for it. One thing, though, that we don't know is how you... Uh, how you move. We don't know 
Like, do you move and attack once each per turn or once each per initiative cycle you have access to? Or can you only move or attack? We don't know. It never comes up. Yeah, it just says you can go a normal character without any orders of super speed or anything. Go six inches. Uh, If there's no turn rate for running. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's it. Then after you're done with the combat section, for some reason there is a psionics section, and I think that reason is because psionics is also awkwardly shoehorned off into its own section in GURPS books. Uh-huh. Um, it's just more powers. They're just psychic now. Yeah. Um, some of them are literally the exact same yeah. powers from the supers power list, just now you're psionic. Yeah, like I was not expecting to find it down there because there are so many powers in the super list that just sound like psionic powers that you think, oh, psionic's just a flavor. It's not a thing you need to no, like a full set of new rules and tracking for because you're like oh well what are some uh what are some superpowers i can have that aren't psionics well you know telekinesis clairvoyance pyrokinesis so cyrokinesis because um i they he consistently misspells cryo into cyro um and uh so you're like oh well those all sound like the classic suite of psychic powers so and then you get to the psychic section you're like what's this for we already did this it's the same plus a few more yeah um, I mean, if you wanted telepathy, you got to put it here. Yeah. And also both teleproject and a telerecord, which telerecord is so weird to me as it's just, oh, you can make a telepathic recording in your head of events, but the rank on it determines the recording's complexity. No idea what complexity means in this case. Just rank determines complexity. Uh Uh-huh. An order is how long you can have it recorded before you need to erase earlier recordings. So if I'm like, ooh, I'm going to make a mental like video of this. I've got it at order three. I have this for eight minutes. For eight minutes, I got a mental video in my head. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. We got to back it up by one chapter. <laughs> Rolls with punches. Yes, I know. You you moved on to psionics. I had not. <laughs> Whatever. It's self-correcting. We don't need to make this, but we don't need to go into the blame game right now. As long as we get to the roll with punches thing. In the combat section, there are, of course, many different things you can do because clearly there are a bunch of moves that you might want to do. Of course. There are things like coordinated attacks in case you want to attack with someone else to do something so that you can get, you know, more accuracy or more damage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you need to know how quickly you can move if there are obstacles. You need to know what your acceleration rate for movement is. These are all things that are going to be told to you in the combat section. Now, as well, of course, someone might attack you and you might want to roll with that punch. Yeah, obviously, you know, absorb the blow a little bit. Kind of kind of translate your own motion into softening the effect of the attack. Yeah. So there is of course a entire bit of this that is rolling with punch. Yeah. It gives you a full uh list that's like here's the calculations. Uh this will give you your value. You have to meet this. If you do that, then when hit you can roll with a punch. Sure. Baby, what does rolling with a punch do? We don't know. No one could possibly know. It doesn't say, does it reduce the damage by some value? Is the value based on how well you rolled? Is it 
not that? Is it a static amount? Is it that uh, the attack does no damage or half damage? We will never know because all we know is how to succeed or fail at it and not what succeeding or failing accomplishes. No, that is information between William Council and his god. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not go ad hominem now. This is... <laughs> What ad hominem? I'm saying it's between him and God. I meant they against, are the only ones who know. Oh, I meant against me. <laughs> Please be nice to me. I am being nice to you. You don't know what rolling with a punch is. <laughs> uh, now, there's a section towards the very end that I read, which is the list of NPCs from the from the webcomic world. And mostly it was fun because it's poser art. Like, say what you will about any kind of art. It, it, poser art at least is not yet, as far as I'm aware, AI art. So at least yeah, someone's making some money somewhere. For those who don't know what poser is, this is not like, oh, you're a poser. Yeah. It is poser art is poser is a program you could use where you basically take like dolls, some generated skeletons and uh -huh. dolls and whatnot and pose them in different things. When you see something that looks like it came from the old show reboot, mm -hmm. it's just real shiny people and it, allows you to pose them however you want so it gets used for a lot of i can't draw web comics hmm? and porn yeah yeah you see both of those also a lot of like cheaper com or, or role-playing games like we we saw it for example in uh glyph the rpg system that whatever that was had poser art uh poser art is invariably immediately recognizable and universally reviled by role-playing games community. So when you see it, people are always like, ugh, poser art, spotted poser art. Like, there's one Rifter, like the magazine that comes out alongside Palladium games yep. that had poser art on the cover. And it is the most infamous one of all of them because it has shitty-ass poser art and everyone hates it. Yep. I think poser art has uses. Like, if you needed to sketch out scenes, like do blocking for a play or something like that, or use it if you can't draw, but you are going to serve as a conduit to someone who can to give them instructions on what to draw, then absolutely, it has applications. Or if you just want to tell a story and you don't care, then people are going to be like, that's poser art. Then sure, by all means. But I love it. So I wanted to read the NPC section intensely because I wanted to see all these poser NPCs. And the first one, generic out-of-the-box cat girl model that is one of the major NPCs in this dude's story world. Yeah. Like, like I'm sure there's a lot of actual changes made to it. I'm sure I'm being very mean. Um Maybe but the moment I hit, it was like, "Ooh, sweet cat girl! We're 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 off to a good start." <laughs> that's no cat girl. That's a felinoid. She's a felon. Oh, sorry, that's the language she speaks. Felin. I'm feeling it. <laughs> also, I do want to mention just from the combat section. Sure, please. I know we keep saying that rolls are either roll over seventy five or a hundred, and usually it's because a skill will say you have to roll over seventy five, and the baseline is normally a hundred. Within the combat section, when it talks about your combat value and attack rolls, and you take your OFV minus the enemy's DFV, and if you get over 100, you're, you hit. Two pages down where it says hitting or missing, it's an attack succeeds on a total result value of 75 or higher. I just need it to be noted that even within one roll of this, it cannot say whether 75 or 100 is the target value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we haven't actually gotten to yet. So, uh, in fact, what, to do that, do you have any additional tidbits you would like to provide? I'll give you a second to think about one while I talk about one. I mean, the order damage here, uh, interesting just from there's the armor in here. There is an equipment section, though it is 
just an impenetrably weird area. Oh, it's, it's very dense. All of the equipment is just listed in like this the complex notation. It's very much like reading the 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 templates provided by GURPS. Yes. Where it'll just say like HR plus ten, nuclear, six, open brackets. 37 divided by 5, average of 26 equals Yeah, you're power. Just like, I don't understand any of this. Yeah. And, but armor, because everything is order damage, and when I say order damage, there is a chart that is uh, how much damage you do. So, like, order 1, a d4. Mm-hmm. Uh, order 2, a d6. It goes on. It is the exact same chart as hand-to-hand damage for strength. So... The, your strength and the order damage, same exact calculation, number to how much damage it deals. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> armor says it can ignore order in damage, but order is not like it doesn't say oh subtract like if something does order 4 and you have order 3 armor it now does order 1 and you roll a d4 it just says you subtract order damage from the damage incoming so do i roll do i take like if i've got order 3 armor that's a d8 they're attacking with order 4 that's a d10 do i roll a d8 and subtract that from whatever their d10 roll is or do i mm. do i <laughs> i don't <laughs> don't look to me with questions i Look, man, this game has given me so many questions. <laughs> well, ask them to yourself or God. <laughs> I will do both. <laughs> uh, I wanted to provide a quick bit of an, an open-faced compliment sandwich where I will point out that uh, the book actually has a really good seduction skill. Uh-huh. It, it, it says it's for gathering information or favors from anybody by using your wiles. It doesn't say it has to work on any particular gender. It has no mention of sexual politics. It's just a skill by which you can coerce other people into acting in your favor in some way. Yeah. That's great. Good job. Good job. You did it. Now, there is also a, the the uh, the insult part of my compliment sandwich is that one of the disadvantages or traits in this game is eunuch. That is correct. Where your character can be a eunuch. Um, it's worthy of note that it says specifically right off the bat, male only, you cannot be a female eunuch. And I get that. Historically, that's correct. Yeah. Um, but its description is something has happened and you have lost your manhood. You will never be able to seduce anyone and will have negative roles in all such and cannot be seduced yourself. And I'm like, my dude, have you read an Anne Rice novel? (laughs) No, obviously (laughs) not. not. Those are maybe one of the really later ones. You know, where she briefly found Jesus for like a couple of years? Maybe. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's just a terrible description. And you probably shouldn't put that in your game if you don't know enough about what castration is and what it does to people. They can still seduce people. No. You read your own, you wrote a good set of seduction rules explaining that it is not that you can fuck people. Yeah. You put down that it's basically making promises of something to someone to get them to do something. It's essentially bribery but without money yeah like if you wanted to have it be anything strip out all of this like ancient castrati bullshit that you seem to have attached to it and just put infertile and made it worth five points and leave it the fuck alone (sighs) sigh (laughs) i also i mean i just gotta mention there's the range order chart so like range order one starts at like one foot then three feet away from you and so on and then the, like, chart number two is going to be, like, starts at 10 feet, 
chart three, it starts at 125 feet. So just like, oh, what's what's the range of my thing? So is it a close-up power? Is it a faraway power? Whatever. There are so many powers that should tell you what chart they use and don't. Some don't even mention the chart. Some say, like, your order will determine range and then not tell you which of the three tables to use. Mm-hmm. So just... There's, a, there's just a lot of things that when you're making a character in this, you're like, but what do I, what do I do, man? <laughs> this requires this guy to be there yes, to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like, like I was saying earlier, I didn't want to be especially mean to this because it's very self-published. It's got that kind of independent air to it. Um, But yeah, ultimately, this is the kind of game where when it's all said and done, you wouldn't be able to run it. There's too many missing pieces. There's not enough pieces in this box to build the whole puzzle. Yeah. It. It essentially really is you found someone's notes, and if you wanted to run this, you would need to fill in the gaps yourself. Yes. Yeah, it very much feels more like it's someone's notes for a campaign than it actually is a published role-playing <laughs> a game. A game that should be sold. Yes, exactly. Um, a lot of parallels there to the Kevin and Kel RPG, which was very playable, but lacked a reason why you would. Because the Kevin well, and Kel universe that's is not... different. Yeah. There's a... This doesn't have any reason to play in here, which is for a lot of games where you're like, ah, oh, congratulations, you gave me a bunch of rules. What do I do? Yeah. Whereas this is like, oh, there's plenty of things you can do. You can join the Gedalian Super Force and go be space police. You can join the Seekers and be bounty hunters or whatever. There's a whole bunch of stuff in this. Cool. I don't know how to play this because you have not provided the information to do so. Yeah, yeah. It's also a game that's written that with the understanding that you have probably read this guy's webcomic um, because a lot of the powers will have one sentence about what they do and then one sentence about what minor superhero from his universe has that power. Not what they do with it, not what it looks like, just Sky Ranger has this power. Yeah. You know, if if you've got will drain and you can drain people's will, hey, Leech has this power. <laughs> That's weird. I thought Leech had the ability to turn off superpowers for mutants. If you've got the ability to sense diff- or, uh, dangerous things at range, Glisseon has this power. Okay. Thanks for telling me. Good. All right. And, and not all of those characters show up in the NPC list at the end. No. There's only like eight people at the end of this, and yeah. there are a ton of characters mentioned. Yeah. So that that is, yeah, it's weird. It's just weird. But we've talked quite a while now, so do you want to get to favorites and least favorites? Of course I do. Well, great. Well, why don't we start that off with you telling me your favorite thing about this game, Heroic Visions. I need to say that there is no reason in a point-by system to include these random tables. And yet, as an absolute fucking slut for random tables, I appreciate it. (laughs) Like, they don't help. And probably hinder more than anything having these tables here. But by God, I love it. I can't get enough random tables. I'm a broken man, and I've come to terms with that. And my love of tables is present here. And so, big ups for that. I can't even give that the credit, because all of these tables are just tables are from other games. Like one other game. One supplement to one other game. (laughs) All I gotta say is, at least it was mashed up with a game that had tables and not just like GURPS and also something else that didn't have tables. That's fair, yeah. What is your favorite thing in Heroic Visions? I, I, I hate to say something so silly, but my favorite thing, we talked about it earlier, I love that all the naming convention in this is clearly from the the upbringing of, of deep 
not much else going on Christianity. Yep. So all the names are things like Zephania and and G- Gedalia and so on. Where you're like, oh, I can see like half a Bible word in there, plus the end of a type of flower. Uh, that's what everything is. Great. So I like that. I, it's it's a rarity. You don't usually see that. Everyone usually just puts a bunch of apostrophes and X's and everything to make their fantasy names. You know. Oh yeah. And, and here instead, we're seeing so many things. We're like, wait, is that Hagadis? Is that a that's half a biblical woman's name? What? Do, <laughs> I appreciate that because it's neat to see. Yeah. What's okay. Your least, what's your least favorite thing? <sighs> I mean, the fact that it's not a finished product, but if I have to go with a very specific bit. Mm-hmm. I you don't. And this I, isn't movie mastery. But I will because it's better to really narrow it down. <laughs> if I'm going to pick an example yeah. of how this has fucked up, mm-hmm. my... Number one example is probably going to be the, uh, like the, you have to roll over a hundred. Uh-huh. No, you have to roll over 75 and it keeps changing. I'm like, just day one, making an RPG, have a system. Be like, this is 3d6 roll under. This is 1d20 roll over. This is percentile based. Whatever it happens to be, pick a thing. Pick a success. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. Basically, you should have a section in your book called How to Play This Game. And the first sentence in that section should be, here's the dice mechanic. Here's the at, at its simplest, here is the dice mechanic. You may encounter other dice mechanics, but I promise you that 80% or more of the time, here is the dice mechanic. Yeah. Just be like, here is the baseline understanding mechanic of here's what you do. Here's how you succeed on a roll in this game. Uh-huh. There may be times where a specific power or a rule will change that. Yeah. But that is on a case-by-case basis. Just do this. Yeah. But the fact that it takes like 150 pages before you get to the combat section where you even find out you're rolling a D100 to do things, because up until that point, you're like, you've just been using rank and order. You've been saying something gives a plus 10. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that plus 10 is astoundingly good or minorly okay because i don't know what the base system is yet yeah so that's that is my problem just from a game design standpoint just have a have one rule and figure out from there yeah and i would add a corollary to that of uh once you determine a term for something write it down somewhere make yourself a key use it use your key because in this book i think the the points you buy things with are called Character points, character build points, option build points, build points, construct points, construction points throughout the book. And I'm not sure if we're building our characters correctly in the bonus content over at patreon.com slash system mastery at the $2 level. Because, I, I don't know, maybe you use construct points for something. <laughs> maybe they're not build points. I don't know. Um, so, you know, and that's not even my least favorite thing. I'm just saying it's part of the same part of it. Part of it is you need some consistency. What is your least favorite thing in this book? <laughs> uh, is it that you hate Christians? No. Is is that it? No, is it is no. it that you despise anyone that believes in our Lord? No, of course not. I, 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 it's a shame that all the books that we've read that are of a religious nature have largely been quite bad. <laughs> it's but, a sh- but, but I, I mean, believe it's thankfully independent. at least for this, the fact that it is 
has some Christian stuff in it has nothing to no, do with yeah. that it is bad. I mean, obviously, the inclusion of a Christian living skill is in and of itself bad, but not because Christian living is necessarily bad, but because the skill doesn't do anything. Exactly. That, that, that's, that's different. The skill could be called satanic living, and would, I would have the same complaint about it. It doesn't do anything. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's, it's fine. Um, but no, it's not that. It's just that, you know, uh, Dragon Strike or whatever the fuck that was called, D- Testament D20, were also quite bad. Yes. And I think we did a Gnostic one at some point, and that was also quite bad. Um, <laughs> but well, no, I was going to say that the fact that m- very few of the chapters open with an explanation of what that chapter is going to contain. Oh, God, I would love if the skill section opened with, here's how skills work. Yes. If the power section opened with, here's how powers work. And instead they open skill section, archery. Yeah. And you're like, I, please, please explain these. I don't know. The power section is particularly egregious in this because you have that rank and order mechanic where each skill, each power has two uh, pow- ranks you have to purchase things in uh, at different po- differing point costs, not only between every power, but also between those two things. Yeah. Some of them cost things like four for rank and six per order or three per order and five per rank. So you have to know all of that, and you have to know what they all do, and it changes what they all do between each be, between several of them. And the the start of the chapter is just a bunch of random tables, just a couple of paragraphs explaining here's what you're about to see would have been invaluable. <sighs> so I'm going to say that is my least favorite thing here. Yeah, um, just a, it's a layout issue. Um, this book needs to explain what's coming rather than have you piece it together by reading charts way further down. Yeah, I. I mean, I get that that comes from, you know, very clearly just probably copying pasting from various other books into this. I will say it doesn't feel very copy pasted. It feels a lot more half remembered. <laughs> no, there are very clear copy and paste. That's in fair. This. That's fair. So, yeah, there you go, man. There's heroic visions. Yeah. Um, you don't even need to ask if I would play this because it's impossible to play it. <laughs> I mean, if I if I met uh, William Council, William Council, I don't know. I don't think he'd want to play it with us now. Oh, probably not. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if he listened to this, he would be like, fuck these guys. <laughs> and hey, I get it. Fuck me. I Absolutely. We I fu- suck. I feel bad for having picked this one. I mean, I didn't. You didn't. Uh, well, you picked it. And I, I feel bad for you having picked this one. No, like I said, a couple of days ago, I was having a straight up meltdown in the kitchen being like, I don't know. I'm having an are we the baddies moment now yeah. where I'm like, yeah, am I an asshole this for is, reviewing this? This is the kind of game where I, 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 you know, people are often like, how do you guys do what you do? Because every other podcast about role playing games is unrelentingly positive. Like they, everyone's trying to buy access, so they're always acting like movie reviewers who are allowed into the first nights of Marvel screenings. You know, yeah, man. Well, it's it's just the same thing as like video game reviews, yeah. where it doesn't matter even if you're like, "This is the worst game I've ever seen in my life." Seventy out of a hundred. Yes, exactly. And we're the only ones who are that I know of, anyway. I'm sure there's others who try to find stuff that isn't great. So in order to soothe our consciences and stop people from brigading against us, we try to pick games where no one will get too mad at us. And even if they do, they're people, it's okay uh, that they're mad at us. So I I said the whole time being like, I don't know about this. Um, (laughs) And that's part of why all of my complaints about it have been largely constructive. Like this is what would fix this. Oh yeah. This is a game that, like I said, it feels like notes and you could go back in and be like, let's actually flesh things out. Let's write down things. Let's take out stuff that doesn't need to be in there. This could be edited into an actual workable game. 
but it isn't. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's close. And, you know, if, like me, you're the type of person that just goes to drive through RPG and finds the weirdest nonsense you can and buys it, this is a little buyer beware. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, just... This is just an advice podcast today. Unsolicited, unfortunately. An unsolicited, mean, shitty advice podcast. You know, like cryokinesis <laughs> is spelled C-R-Y-O. The word R-O-L-L is a different word than the word R-O-L-E. True. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> that's all. So, you know, there you have it. And that's the episode. I, I hope that you all take away a lot of, of information from this. I hope. All of you are doing okay. I hope you're all right, because I'm not, and, 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 <laughs> Look, but I will be. It's It's been a hard road for me it here. Was, it was a mistake to let John pick an episode. <laughs> I will never do it again. It was it was a, a mistake for me to go, ooh, a cover with poser art. I have to do this. <laughs> ah, so, so there you go. Uh, that's Heroic Visions. We've been System Mastery. Please, we've mentioned the Patreon enough that I don't feel like we need to do the whole rigmarole at the end again. But we did make characters. And they're over at the on the Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery. The characters are made in this system, which means that they're maybe right. We don't know. Perhaps correct. Perhaps not. But head on over there and support us at that level to find those. You'll also unlock ad-free versions of all of the episodes of the main shows that we do. There are other levels with other bonus content you can unlock as well. Please just check that out and support us. If you want to buy the work that we make, then by all means, you can pre-order our uh, our new tarot deck. It's going to be coming out June 4th, I believe. That's available wherever books are sold right now via pre-order. Uh, I mean, not everywhere. You can't buy it at Walmart. We're working on that. Um, we're working and on we also can't buy it at a Walmart. California game store you can't buy any of our shit in a California RPG store it kills me um, <laughs> distributor networks they're the worst uh, but you can buy all kinds of books that we've written all over the place or just write and review nice things about us on iTunes and Stitcher I don't know why you would we're very mean yeah um, we don't do nice reviews why would you do a nice review of us it's because you've formed a parasocial relationship and we're your friend you wouldn't write a bad review for your friend no you'd help your friend out we're your friends. <laughs> I don't know you and I'm not your friend and you have no business judging my haircut. I'm your friend and I'm strong. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Is that dude who with the, uh, with the, the, he's one of the video game reviewers. He's, he's good. Uh, I don't remember his name, but he did an episode after he had grown a, a, a weird mustache where he was like, I've heard a lot of comments about my big weird mustache and I just have one response to them. I don't know you. You're not my friend. <laughs> Oh, uh. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, I, I just like that approach to parasociality, <laughs> whereas I like absolutely telling everyone that they are definitely my close personal <laughs> friend because you've heard about me on this show. You know me. And that means I owe you a relationship. Yeah, but that's because you're a, a fucking golden retriever. A magic top hat <laughs> fell onto. <laughs> I don't know you, but you're my friend. Happy birthday. <laughs> It's true. I do melt in the sun. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll see you in the bonus content. You have a good week.